Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to The Mandatory. I'm Chantel Chen, joined alongside Brian Fonseca. Yeah, and we have our first guest on the show, and that is Lou DiBella, International Boxing Hall of Famer, promoter, uh, formerly worked at HBO back in the day. We uh, talked about what his title actually was on the show, and he talked about a whole bunch of other things. Honestly, he really just went off. We didn't have to ask a lot of questions he went off on the state of boxing and everything going on and not going on within the sport. So, Chantel, uh, definitely an explosive first episode on The Mandatory, right? Yeah, and it was definitely enjoyable. We got some gems from Lou DiBella. We know that he's an absolute legend in the game. And you know what? We won't make people wait too long for it. But remember, make sure to follow us on The Mandatory TKO on all of the social media platforms, TikTok, Twitter, or IG. We got you covered on there. Also, make sure to click that subscribe button, that like button on YouTube. It helps the channel grow. And most importantly, shout out to our partners as well, Fight Hype and Fan Sighted. Um, they're also in on this show as well. So shout out to them. And you know what? Let's get right into it. Let's see all the gems that Lou DiBella dropped on the actual first episode ever of <laughs> The Mandatory. Hey, what's up? Welcome to The Mandatory. I'm Chantel Chan, joined alongside Brian Fonseca. And I'm out of focus, so I'm trying to make sure that this actually fixes itself. There we go. All right, cool. Super and professional, we got, as always. That's what you got to do. You got to be professional on The Mandatory at all <laughs> times, all right? Make sure your camera's in focus. But today, we got a real special show. We got a legend in the building, former VP in charge of programming at HBO Sports. He created Boxing After Dark, promoted former champs like Sergio Martinez, Bernard Hopkins, Jermaine Taylor. He's in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. I'm talking about the living legend, Lou DiBella. Thank you so much for joining us. I used to like, when I was your age, like the idea of people saying one day I'd be a legend. <laughs> <laughs> When you, you, when, you hit, when you hit 60, you, you realize you're just fucking getting old. And, and that, <laughs> that, the legend thing go, it comes in with that. But I guess it's better than if I've been around this long, I guess it's better than, uh, than not. Um, and by the way, you need to change the name. You can't call yourselves the mandatory because, as you know, in boxing, mandatories mean nothing. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Look, it has it has triple meaning, you know what I mean? But, Lou, you were you were high on my... Uh, By the way, one other thing, Chantel, yes. you gave me a... Uh, it, I, I know I'm long removed from that job, but you gave me a, a, a demotion. I, I, I think I maxed out at, like, executive vice president or senior vice president, but I, I definitely okay. climbed above <laughs> the VP thing. Okay, so you were like the, you know, we got we to gotta get that right then. We have to get that right then. You were the president. No, no, no. I was never president, but I, I, I think my, my title maxed out at either executive VP or, or senior VP. See, I left, I left off senior and executive. We got to yeah, get yeah, that yeah, right yeah. because you're a living legend. You're not getting old. You're a living legend. That's why no, we got to give you your props here. Believe me, like I don't have. You know what? Too like I no, I'm not getting old, but the, the fucking <laughs> I'm getting old waiting for big fights. I'm getting old waiting for the spike to the, the sport to rejuvenate itself. I'm getting old waiting for fighters to like want to actually fight. And people yeah. to fight more than once a year and guys to get into the ring, you know, and uh, and I'm getting too old for all the nonsense. Right. Because I think right now boxing's in the shitter and we all have to work to get it out of there. And until people understand that it's in the shitter, we're really going nowhere. So on this show, we also want we don't want to exclude the casual boxing fans because as we know, we need them if we're going to if the sport's going to grow. Right. So I just want to get into like why you think that is and can you explain it in a way that people who don't yeah, even yeah. follow the sport as closely would best understand like why are we having fighters don't fight very often any longer. Um, a, a tremendous amount of money has been spent in the United States over the last half decade to decade um, and it really hasn't built stars. It hasn't built a fan base. 
people have gotten rich off of it. Fighters, some fighters have been overpaid off of it. Mm -hmm. Some promoters have put phenomenal amounts of money in their pockets when their partners lost phenomenal amounts of money. But um, the sport hasn't grown. Our fan base hasn't grown. And have we really built any stars? I mean, our biggest stars are fighting in front of fewer people and we're not growing new ones. And our definition of star is very different. If you could walk through Times Square, I don't care if you could do 200,000 pay-per-view buys. If you could walk to, through Times Square and no one knows who the fuck you are, you're not a superstar. You're not a superstar. I don't give a shit what you think. If I have more Twitter followers than you do, you're not a superstar. <laughs> no, that's true. That's very true. But how do we change that? How does boxing go about changing that and giving us not, boxing fans going, the big fights that we want? You can't because you have to tear down the whole system that now exists. Because you can't have the, the, the exclusive deals with networks is what networks do when they shit on boxing. Mm. Like when, yeah. when a network gives an exclusive to a promoter, it's because it's easier to do that because they don't have an inside programming guy. They don't care enough about boxing. They don't think it's must-see programming for, for their viewers. They just think it's cheap sports programming. And so they do an exclusive deal with a top rank or an exclusive deal uh, with, a, with a Showtime or a Fox or in the case of – of the zone, they actually believed in the beginning when they couldn't get other sports rights that boxing was an area. They, were, they weren't incorrect because of how fractured and, and no, there's no control anywhere over boxing. And they were, they thought they were able to spend a lot of money and come in and turn the thing into a UFC. It doesn't work that way. Right. Mm. And, and, um, and, you know, Eddie's, uh, Eddie's a good promoter and, 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 and with a big budget, he, he's been a big, his company's been established in the UK for a long, long time, but a UK promoter can't come into an American market and just spend money and think they're going to control the sport. It doesn't work that way. And um, the exclusive deals have, have killed what's left of the business. And they started killing the business when HBO gave an exclusive to Golden Boy in the mid 20, you know, 2010 in that area, 20 in the in 20, whatever, when they gave an exclusive to Golden Boy, well, it, was, it wasn't a decade later HBO was out of the business. And they weren't out of the business because of an exclusive to Golden Boy. They were out of the business because the big fights stopped happening. And fights that the general public cared about stopped happening. And how many of our fighters are really part of pop culture? Or really, you want to talk about casual fans? Well, you, you're, you're a, uh, uh, you know, you're doing the show for casuals. A lot of your people listening, you hope, are casuals. Casuals don't even know who the fuck our fighters are. Right. I mean, if you think casuals are sitting around going, oh, my God, I'm so miserable. When is Errol Spence fighting Crawford? They don't even know who the fuck Errol Spence and Crawford are. Casuals. Yeah. How many times have Errol Spence and Crawford even fought in the last couple of years? And, and you know, Errol's fights have generally lately been on pay-per-view. And, yeah. and the fights that's, that, that Crawford have had, he, it's been a while since he's fought on ESPN. And he hasn't fought a huge fight recently. And no one watched his last fight on pay-per-view. I mean, I, I don't think he made that dumb a deal if he really got paid 5 or $10 million to fight a walkover fight. God bless him. That wasn't a bad business move. But in terms of thinking it's making you a bigger star, Bud's not becoming a bigger star right now. That fight's not getting bigger right now. That fight's getting smaller. And if they can't make it, why are they going to think they're going to make it when it's getting smaller? Right. So, and and to, mean, answer your, to answer your question, I think he's the last time he fought twice in a year was 2019, which you're seeing... This yeah, is but, something but, that but, I, but, but the fucked up part is I can go through the list of champions and, and a list of guys, the list of guys that are making over a million dollars a fight. The mm -hmm. overwhelming majority of them are fighting once a year. And, and you know what though? Like we were Chantal and I were just doing this. We were going through like a list of prospects who are now fighting once, twice a year. Prospect does a deal with a street with a big guy or a TV guy. I mean, the the pro the, the they don't want to fight for the lower money. So they would rather sit on their ass and get overpaid twice a year than fight five times a year. That's a really dumb way for an athlete to think. <laughs> you know, think about no, seriously, think about aggregating. Right. Well, I'd rather make a little bit less than fight more often. Right. I mean, you know, you have a limited shelf life as an athlete. Also, you don't get bigger not fighting. Right. Fighters boxing sucks, bro. And like, like <laughs> No, it sucks. And I, no one's paying you guys to do this show. I don't even know why you're doing it right now. <laughs> I don't like, people don't want to hear this, but our best aren't fighting the best. And we're not offering the best product we can offer. 
You know, and if I had a streaming service, Jalal would already be a, a deal. If I had an exclusive deal, I would do the same shit these other people are doing, and my guys would be bigger just because you'd see them more. But right. they still wouldn't be fighting the biggest guy that that war that that Eddie has, or the biggest guy that Bob has, or the biggest guy that you know, you know what I'm saying. Because if I had my own service, I'd want to keep it in house. So right yeah. now, no one. Can you imagine if the Kansas City Chiefs never played the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles because they had they were on different sides of the street? When I started this sport, no one talked about fucking size. You're laughing, but you're the motherfuckers that are paying money every month to buy the fights. This I was respect. well, well, well to, to I was, what the fuck you people are doing. I don't know what a lot of people <laughs> I'm honest with you. I won't pay for a, a pay-per-view every month to see a fight I used to see, see on HBO Championship Boxing or Showtime Championship Boxing. I won't do that. I won't. Like, you know, I mean, and maybe I'm becoming less of a fan. I think I'm just be exercising reasonable judgment. Every fucking fight that's on Showtime, every fight that's that's someone's paying seven figures for should be a meaningful fight. So speaking of meaningful fights that didn't happen and a big fight that never happened was obviously Spence and Bud. You know, obviously, you know Al Heyman really well. Eventually. It'll probably happen yeah. eventually. Someone will, will cave or it's not. And it'll happen in typical boxing fashion where most people don't give a shit. <laughs> is there a reason why boxing promoters and networks aren't working together? It seems like no, it's not boxing to... networks. Don't who pays the money? You think Eddie Hearn's personal money has been paid? Eddie goes out there and acts like 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 you know, earn with Hearn. It's not his fucking money. It's the zone's money or Saudi Arabia's money. And frankly, I'm not really going to travel around the Middle East to be making yeah. deals with 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 you know to move my fights to middle east i have no desire to hang out mm -hmm. in saudi arabia personally so so you know god bless them but i also don't think doing the biggest fights in england in saudi arabia is growing boxing anywhere i don't if you think that going to a country where no press is going to travel where you as a fan are not going to travel right. where the time you know the time difference dictates the fight's going to be out of prime time in this on this continent but even on other continents it's closer it, it, it's it's easier to do a a saudi fight that's primarily a british fight but you explain to me if it was an american fight let's say spencer crawford could happen because the saudis were going to pay 20 million dollars in, in saudi arabia would the fight would the press corps travel there? Would fans travel there? Are people going to watch it in the same numbers when it's not getting the attention it would get in a Las Vegas or whatever? I mean, in fairness to, to the participants and even to the promoter, because as much as I hate the idea of these yeah. big fights going to Saudi, if Eddie wants to go to Saudi and they're offering him a shitload of money, I understand it because he can satisfy the fighters' demands. And frankly... Fighters have been grossly overpaid um, in recent years, not against the money that's been spent, but against the performance of the event. Because when we all get judged by how people buy a pay-per-view or how many viewers watch Showtime or ESPN or, or whatever, and based upon all the data out there, yeah. the highest paid fighters have still made too much money. And... As much money has been spent in boxing by these services, etc., it's not like loads of people are getting wealthy because the sport is performing. It's that people have had needs for content and they've been willing to pay up for content. The Zone, through they started a streaming service in sports. Most of the rights outside of boxing around the world were occupied. They were contracted out already. Now you see the Zone starting to make more deals as other people's streaming deals are running out, they're trying. They made some kind of a deal with the NFL recently. They're they're trying to get other sports. But when when they first got in, they were able to overpay and grab some boxing stars to associate with their streaming service and and try to use to to, to build a subscribership. Right. The truth of the matter is, if you go online and you research, they've lost five billion dollars over the last two years, and. So, I mean, is boxing, I don't think boxing is a locomotive or capable of being a locomotive for a sports streaming fight. That's not the zone's fault. It's just reality. Right now, we, we are not permeating pop culture like we did in the days of Muhammad Ali or Hagler Hearns, Leonard and Duran or Mike Tyson. P 
people can sit there and a bunch of little nerds who aren't getting paid to write and opine on social media, on Twitter, or do podcasts, no offense, because I'm enjoying talking to people, but people can sit there and have their opinions or do whatever. However, we're no longer, we're, we're not right now, we don't have a transcendent superstar in boxing in America. We don't. Yeah. We have nobody that's a pop, pop culture icon. There is no Ali. There is no there is no Tyson. There's not even a Holyfield. There's not even a De La Hoya. You know, Canelo is Mexican. Um, Javante Davis is one of our bigger attractions. I wouldn't say he's the most advertiser-friendly or non-controversial figure. He's not doing a million buys or a half million buys. He's doing more buys than most people. He's on TMZ a lot. He's, he's more transferable to pop culture than a lot of our other fighters, whether people like him or hate him, whether I like him or hate him. Um, but he's not a superstar. Wait, if you go down, your your best friend probably doesn't know who the heavyweight champion is, Chantel. And, um, and no, they don't. They definitely don't. About this and if you say, and, and I'll go further. I, I Everyone in my town or most people in the whole, all of New York know me, like uh, who know sports in New York and who know boxing. Mm -hmm. Um most people don't know what the hell's going on. They don't like in the old days, they'd walk up and fucking Nassim Hamed, man, that show with Kevin Kelly. That was crazy. Who's Hamed going to fight next? I can't wait for the next big HBO show, whatever. No one knows yeah. what the fuck's going on. And nobody even knows what the zone is. Forget about watching it. I mean, <laughs> as much as Ryan is a social media star, he, he has created his own persona. Credit yeah. to the kid. I happen to like the kid. Uh, and I, and yeah. I actually think he's very live in the Davis fight. I think either guy could win that fight. And people that think that fight's a million by fight are just dumb. So when I go online and I see these morons, oh man, they got to be making 50 million. Why? Why? Because you say so? Or it's going to do a million buys. Why? Because you say so? Ryan hasn't done one buy. He hasn't been on pay per view. I don't think. Has he? I don't think so. No, okay, he well, hasn't. And Davis, Davis has never done a half a million buys. Or I mean, Davis just said I could do 200,000 fighting Bozo the Clown. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. And to tell you the truth, I mean, he keeps fighting smaller guys for the most part. I mean, but but look, Davis is proven to be some kind of an attraction. Ryan crosses over more into pop culture than a lot of other fighters. I love that fight as a fight. And I think it's a big fight for boxing. But we no longer have big fights with the same gravitas or or the same potential as we used to there is no million dollar no morons garcia and, and spence and crawford would not do a million buys it will not i don't think there's a million sports fans in america who know what the fight means or who both guys are that's just a fact will, right, it, do, will it do more than all of these one or 100 to 200 uh, thousand buy fights have done probably but but it's not a transcendent kind of fight. But... Let me get this one question in. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I, I wanted to ask specifically no, about wait, Ryan. You want, I'm at my best when I'm raving. Oh, no, we're, you're about to rave some more because I wanted to ask specifically about Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis because there was optimism that the fight would get made, and now we're seeing a report about another roadblock, and nah, the boys apparently... Dude, fuck the reports. What the fuck? When you when you're reading shit about all the negotiations and how they're going, and Oscar like a fucking horse's ass, getting on social media constantly, and one day he's announcing something and it's happening, and then it's not happening, and what? I mean, no. When a fight is made, it's when the fight's scheduled, and you can you know you can buy it, and you could buy tickets. So when a fight's made, and not enough people in the real world care about this shit, that there should be news coverage of every development and every stupid fight negotiation. And will Garcia fight Davis? I believe they will. Why? Because it's because I do think that both sides can make a business deal eventually, and it's the biggest fight they can do for either one. And no one wants to continue to pay the fighters millions of dollars to fight fights that are marginally profitable. They want to right. see if they can make a big, big fight and everyone make a lot of money. If they want to make a lot of money, eventually they'll make a deal. Till then, shut the fuck up. I don't need to follow it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to discuss it. When you have your fight made, uh, like let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll get a ticket. But, 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 you know. <laughs> so, Lou, you kind of talked about how there's not really like a big boxer that's known. Like, we don't have like an Ali, we don't have an Oscar. You talked about that. One guy that you did pr promote in the past was Regis Progray. And 
he's a name that's not really known to casual fans, but at the same time, he's a problem in his weight class. Why do you think he hasn't blown up the way he has? He's a great fighter. He's a great fighter. I I really like, I actually like the kid, even though we don't work together anymore. I think, frankly, he was better off when he was with me. I, I think he got a lot more attention, but that's, you know, people contracts run out and they could do what they want to do. And, and, but, but I, I think, I, I've said for years he's the best guy at 140, and I still think he's the best guy at 140. And I think he's the best guy at 140 with Lopez and Garcia at 140. Now, if you, you start throwing, uh, even I think Davis would be too small for him. I think he'd be a problem for Ryan, honestly, too. Uh, but I think he's a little bit, Regis style is a little more difficult, but I, I think that'd be a good fight. Um, I think when Shakur and Haney grow into 140, there, then that then the division gets much more interesting. Um, but look, I don't know that you're going to ever see Regis against any of these guys right now. But uh, you know, and I don't know that any of these guys are going to see each other. They haven't so far. Everybody talks bullshit, and the fight doesn't get made. And you know what? The more talking is not building anything. It's a bunch of talking among the same ten thousand nerds that spend most of their life on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill but like yo to be to be honest though like <laughs> to your point i found it weird that his last fight with jose zapeda we were just talking about this sean Settle night i didn't know where the fuck to find it like i had no Dude, idea because because someone came in how about bud's last fight he got five million dollars probably he got five million dollars which is probably i'm he gonna guess- 10 he claimed 10. Yeah. Well, it was a 10,000. Who knows? And if he yeah. got 10, he's really fucking smart and he did absolutely the right thing. And if he got five, he's still really smart and he did the right thing because that was a joke, not even a fight. And Avenizi never had a chance to beat him, never had a chance to compete. It was a goof. And he got five million <laughs> for a goof when, you know, right. God him. no, not that Avenazian's a goof. He's a good yeah. fighter when matched appropriately. But the you're talking yeah, about yeah. like there are levels. And you're talking about the highest of the high level against the slow European white guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> a European level fighter. Yeah. No, not European level, but just like style wise too. Like the fastest, a bigger, faster, everything. Like, but had not one, there was not one possible advantage. Not that, that Avanasian had in the fight. None. So as good as I, like Avanasian matched well is a fun fighter. Hey, yeah. I was impressed with Avanasian's effort against Crawford. I mean, he hung there and he fought his ass off till he got kabonged, right? But, but he didn't belong in a ring with him the same way Arturo Gatti didn't belong in a ring with Floyd Mayweather. It happened because, but, but by the way, Gatti was a star. Avanasian wasn't, so that was just an appearance fight for a lot of money. And I don't blame Bud for taking their money, but who are the fucking people that put it up? Sort of, again, who are they? It's sort of a goof. <laughs> Adrian Broner is about to fight on the same platform as his against the guy that yeah. that can't stand up on a yeah. fight that's going to supposed to be pay per view that hasn't been promoted at all. And what's the date of the fight? February twenty fifth. Okay, I, did you have you seen one fucking thing that suggests <laughs> no. it's really a fight? On one hand, we can laugh about this. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm wasting my time talking to you about it, and you're doing a show about boxing. And when you really look at this, how much of it is really laughable? Yeah. Why? Well, by the way, if 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 Saudi Arabia puts up, Saudi Arabia could put up all this money. They could kill whatever journalists they want. They could do whatever atrocities against gay people and women they want. Hmm. And if they put up the money, boxing will come. And if some other place more atrocious than Saudi Arabia wants to put up a fight and the money's there, they'll go. And if some drug deal, I don't know who people are, but if somebody that's filthy or dirty and has a backyard full of buried money wants to overpay a fighter, the fighter's going to take their money. So why is this shit happening? Because we're the wild fucking West. And if there's enough money, we'll do whatever to go anywhere. But this is also why I'm fed up as a fan. And it's also why 
I don't want to do it much longer as a business person. Well, I, I don't enjoy ask, the sport anymore. I don't. I was going to ask you, like, so what, what exactly does keep you going at this point if you're, you know, if you see know, no I mean, coming back from this for the sport in general? Yeah. I go to a lot of sporting events. I eat at good restaurants. I have a lot of money. I, I travel <laughs> the world and, and and I own two baseball teams with my friends, you know, with a number of investors and friends. And um, I have a production company and I, I make movies and films and people in boxing don't even know everything else I do. Um, but it's right. only a, if it was I, I, I left HBO 23 years ago because I didn't want boxing to be the only thing in my life. I was mm -hmm. making a fortune and and. And the sport was in really good shape at that moment in time or whatever. But I didn't want to just do boxing. And and why do I feel the way I do now is because there's most of the energy I expend in boxing is negative. Most of the energy I expend in baseball is not. Mm. And there's a big difference. And and honestly, boxing fans seem to like to motherfuck each other and 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 fight and be nasty. And and there's more racial tension in boxing than I've ever seen. Yeah. If you yeah. look at social media and online or whatever. Um we we've always been the Dodge City of sports. We've always been the red light district of sports. We were also one of the most interesting places in sports. And we also had a huge impact on society. Ali, before Ali, Jack Johnson was a transformative figure. Uh, Joe Lewis was a Joe transformative Lewis. historical yeah. figure. Uh, Muhammad Ali was a transformative historical figure. Mike Tyson was a pop culture, pop culture icon. Holyfield, Bo, Lewis, go through the list. They were all stars, legitimate stars. Hagler, Hearns, Leonard Durant. If you think that that the Charlos or Javante or anyone for that matter, even out if you go outside of, of the Mexican-American and Mexican community, Canelo's not a transformative star. He is because he's such, he is a star because there is a huge market a huge population segment that's bilingual mexican-american um yeah. latino-american yeah you know and and it, you know canelo is the one boxing star in in the north america that really is that sort of transcended sort of but honestly has he gotten bigger since his fights went to the zone no i don't i don't think that changed for him and at all way, i think the zone's fault the zone wasn't wrong for wanting to be associated with the biggest star, but, but he's performing in front of smaller audiences. Um, so obviously Lou, like you're not feeling where the state of boxing is, but you kind of mentioned something that I wanted to bring up because you've created some legendary boxing shows on HBO, like boxing after dark KO nation, Broadway boxing. Do you feel like we're missing those type of shows? I think we're missing a regularity of high quality content with local appeal. And I think, mm. I mean, I don't really understand. I don't, I, I got to be honest. Like if there's a great fighter out of the UK, I'll watch, but I'm not going to sit there and watch a bunch of UK centric product of fighters that I think are not better than guys fighting on local shows in the States. Like why are we getting so much UK content? Cause boxing is a lot bigger in Europe and the UK right now, particularly the UK than it is in the United States. Right. But I couldn't give a rat's ass about seeing mediocre talent from the UK. I mean, I don't care about Conor Ben. I put no credit. I mean, I think he's a cheater. That's my own personal opinion. I don't care when he comes back. Chris Eubanks, I liked his dad, and I and I have nothing against the kid. I think he was over. Matt. I don't think he's a. I don't think other than having his dad's name, he's a big star. And I don't think his dad's name means anything in America. So, like most of the content coming out of there, I don't care what Kel Brook wants thinks about coming back. I hope for his own health and safety he doesn't. But I don't care about most of that product. I care about Fury fighting Usyk, and I'll probably watch it no matter what time of the day it is. But I don't think Fury and Usyk in the United States—I'm sorry—in in, in the uh, in Saudi Arabia uh, yeah. is a pop culture event or helps grow new fans in the United States. It doesn't. You have to be a hardcore boxing fan in America to feel yeah. the way the three of us do about that. The three of us aren't going to admit it no matter no matter what time it's televised, and probably if we have to pay eighty bucks for it, we still would. Right. Because yeah. it's two of the absolutely, you know, two of the, the in my mind at the moment, the two best heavyweights in the world. So I want to see it. But, man, the heavyweight championship between the two best guys in the world used to be a mega event. And it might it, it will if, if Fury fights Usyk or Joshua fights Wilder yeah. in I'm making this up. That's that fight happens in in Saudi Arabia. It's not that kind of a world attention event. Right. And Usyk, particularly Usyk and Fury, neither one of them being American, only one of them speaking English. 
uh, neither one of them living in the States. That's not, and now it doesn't mean it's not an enormous boxing event, and it doesn't mean we don't want to see it, but it's not going to grow the sport in America. Not a lot is happening right now that's going to grow the sport exponentially. We don't have that kind of a star right now. And we're not getting those kind of eyeballs right now. You know, and it's there's a lot of reasons and history changes over 20 years, right? But when I left HBO in 1990, you know, actually it was 2000, you were still having boxing events on HBO where with without, just for your HBO subscriber, there were 2 million, 3 million people watching a boxing event. And even Boxing After Dark back then, there were 900,000, 800,000, a million one, a million two people watching a secondary series. Now, uh, championship boxing on, uh, uh, you know, a a million people on ESPN, it's way better than the alternatives. But, you know, a million people, you you used to get double that, triple that 20-something years ago. So a million people on ESPN still actually is helpful. But how many people on a streaming service are tuned in at a particular time? And are you really growing fans? You think a casual fan is ever watching a fight on ESPN Plus? I don't think so. You think a casual fan is ever subscribing to the zone? I don't think so. No. Maybe a casual Mexican fan, maybe or a hardcore Mexican American boxing fan might might subscribe if if if. but you know what? Then you move Canelo on to pay-per-view. Are casual fans in general buying our pay-per-views? Obviously, they're not. The numbers no. are showing that they're obviously not. And it's getting and now, easier. By the way, I'm not celebrating this. I'm just saying no. if we want to look at the realities of our business. Yeah. We're not going to fix it. We're not going to grow it. Right? I, I no longer give a fuck what anyone thinks about me. Or, like, I, I'm going to speak what I think I'm perceiving and it is my truth or my view of, of reality. And I'm not doing that because I'm anti-boxing. I love boxing. I'm in a Hall of Fame. I made a really good living and I live a pretty good life now because largely a boxing. So I'm not a hater, right? But I, I, I want to see the sport get fixed. I said in my Hall of Fame speech, it's like having a, a, a relative you love to death, but your your brother or sister is a junkie or they're, a, they're you know, an addict of some kind or a gambling addict or a, a, an alcoholic and you want to see them get well. I want to see boxing get well. And until there's an open marketplace of making fights, and buying fights where there's not three exclusive avenues until we realize that don't sit there and count the money of the richest fighter and think because certain guys are getting wealthy, the sport is thriving. When, when you're, when you're not growing fans, your sport is not thriving. I I think the general casual sports fan doesn't even know what fight they should be screaming for in boxing. I agree. I think the we can get here and discuss fights. Yeah. We can go on Twitter and you would think the world is really clamoring for Spence Crawford. They don't give a fuck. And 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 the fact that there are some number of tens of thousands of people that are continuing to fight and talk about stuff on social media doesn't mean the general public cares. And it doesn't mean so in my mind, the longer they delay Spence Crawford, the less people are gonna care. Agree. Yeah, and that kind of brings me to this probably be my last question for you, Lou. But, you know, people have said in the past that boxing is dead when they compare it to UFC and you see UFC making those big fights for the fans. How would you compare the two? And what are your thoughts on people saying boxing is dead? Boxing will never die. Pornography will never die. People will always fight for other people's entertainment. People will always fuck for other people's entertainment. That's just fact. That's for, I mean, violence, conflict are... are sexy they sell uh sex sells so we are a purient interest boxing's always been a guilty pleasure right i mean people are going in there and and basically knocking their brains into non-function and 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 the sport does not adequately protect health and safety something i've been screaming about consistently the same problems exist in 2023 that existed when i testified before congress 25 years ago so um you know we're, we're guilty pleasure, but we're not delivering and, and we're not as much fun as we were and we're not as compelling as we were. And we're, we're, we're shrinking more and more into our little niche, thinking that because everyone in that little niche lives and breathes boxing, that the world feels the same. They don't give a shit. 
They don't give a shit. And and until we understand we need to make more people give a shit, we're going to continue heading in the wrong direction. And I don't want to see that continue. I don't know. I think it was $4 billion when, when Endeavor bought UFC, when that UFC deal happened, I think it was about $4 right. billion yeah. for UFC. You could probably roll up the entire boxing industry around the world for $1 billion and own the whole fucking industry. Like basically just buy out everybody. Probably not much more than mm-hmm. a billion. Um, it might take that kind of a wholesale change to really, because see, the UFC has a near monopoly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not a legal monopoly in a, in a legal sense. I'm a lawyer, so people say monopoly, they think legal. I'm not thinking legal, I'm thinking about an economic monopoly. They are the power, but they control their industry. They make sure fighters don't get overpaid. If you think you're bigger than UFC, you can go try to fight elsewhere. Francis Agano. They've done that many times. Yeah, Francis Agano's doing that right well, now. Well, Francis Agano, and, how, and, and how, how often do their big stars sit between fights? You sit until you're willing, willing to make a deal. The same way maybe Al Heyman's letting Bud sit until Bud's willing to make a deal that they're willing to live with. You know, I mean, there's nobody's, like, it takes two sides to make a deal. It takes two sides to fuck up a deal. Right. Right. I mean, you have to want to make a deal to make a deal. Both sides have to want to make a deal. And there has to there has to be an economic sensibility to it. Forget about the days are now past where Matchroom slash zone or Aram or Al Heyman are going to lose millions of dollars to make a fight happen. No, they're not going to. They'll just make a, another fight that you're not going to have to lose millions of dollars to make. And I love how fair. Well, it's going to be a million buys. Motherfuckers should make 20 million. No, you don't know. You're wrong. You don't know. You don't understand the numbers. And by the way, the numbers that get released from, don't believe any of the numbers some asshole like Rick Laser puts up on social media, but don't believe the numbers that people are announcing either, yeah. where, where, where they, they, they're, they're trying to emphasize the, the, the marketability of their athlete or, or the, the potential economics of it. You know, if, if fights aren't happening because the expectations of the athlete aren't being met, and they're simply continuing to not happen, even when people hit the street, uh, supposed free agency. Mm-hmm. They hit the street and the fight. Maybe it's not happening because you have ex- inflated expectations of reality. So obviously, Lou, you know, I know you're not happy with the state of boxing right now, but I do believe you have a card coming up, if I'm not mistaken. I have a, I have a good card coming up on show Showbox, Showtime, uh, no, look, I'm not happy with the state of boxing because I think we are killing ourselves. And I don't even think it's funny. And I don't think people, I, I think a lot of younger people that really love the sport, that think that they, they're aiming that I want a future tangentially related to boxing. I want to be a boxing commentator. I want to be a broadcaster. I want to be a promoter. I want to be a manager. I want to be a fighter. We're not heading to a place where there's going to be a lot of opportunity unless things start changing. Right. Well, okay. you, would you say that that's where Jake Paul and everybody is taking advantage of the the I mean, you know, this, look, this look, new wave of celebrity Jake Paul, boxing? Jake Paul's about to get a boxing series, and he has three fighters under contract. However, I get it. He's a star. He's a fucking celebrity. He, he could post something on social media and and get more attention and more than, than you know guys buying commercials to sell a, a, a fight so like do i think it's stupid for somebody to give jake paul a boxing series no he's he's established a brand in boxing um it doesn't matter how good or bad he fights and he's certainly better than a lot of these influencer types and he's certainly at least treating the sport with respect and trying to learn um mm-hmm. i'm not going to shit on him as a fighter i don't do i consider him a fighter yeah i mean i could knock him off a hundred different ways but it doesn't mean he doesn't work hard. It doesn't mean he's not a star. He's a star. If people care about you and they want to pay you, they want to pay to see you, you're a star. The misfits are stars. You know, I, I watched that last show, albeit I was slightly buzzed and, and, I, and I was in a state. To, but you know what? It was entertaining. Yeah. It was more entertaining than the average boxing show. It was a shit show, but it was fucking entertaining. Yeah. We're not entertaining people well enough. We're yeah. not. We don't. I mean. I don't think any a lot enough people saw Serrano against mm. Cruz because it was on it, uh, how it was distributed and what time yeah. it wound up being off, going off. And it's women's boxing, and it's not quite the same place men's boxing is. But if you watch that fight, you'd be entertained. Yeah, but it was but you got to get people very there. entertaining, and yeah, that should be our norm, and it's not. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. 
Although uh, I can't express myself uh, quite colorfully, uh, even at my best, I would say. Uh, do you have anything to promote uh, before we let you go? Yeah, I mean, the uh, the show box, uh, it's a week from uh, this Friday. No, actually, is it, yeah, it's a week from Friday. It's a week from this coming Friday, yeah. uh, the 17th of February. Uh, 17th, yep. Yeah, and uh, a terrific show. Bisayo Lopez, who I promote, who's a terrific fighter, is fighting Vasquez, who's really should be undefeated. But he got robbed miserably uh, against the. Oh God! What was that? Who did he fight, Sean? Oh, he fought Raymond Ford on a disaster. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes, yes, yes. Disgraceful fucking robbery. Wow! Um, and Misael Lopez is is uh, just had a big win on ESPN, and um, that's a terrific fight. That's a co-feature. The main event is Ardriel Holmes. Um, uh, Ardriel's a real top prospect. I've promoted him for a while. He, he's actually. Known to a lot of people because you're, he was—he's uh, Clarissa Shields' ex-boyfriend. But um, yes, <laughs> yeah, but Ardriel's a good fighter, real good fighter. He's won on Showtime yeah. in the main event before. He's fighting Villarreal, who's a kid that main events promotes, and in a terrific kind of fight that I think is like a 50-50 fight. Uh, the opening TV fight is Kurt Scobie, who's a former uh, 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 college football player who mm. fights uh, from California but fights out of New York. And is trained in New York, trained at Gleason's in Brooklyn. And he did a big knockout puncher. He's fighting John Manu, who's like a bulldog punching, kind of like punch machine from Australia that I I put in against an undefeated American kid, Adrian Sosa, in uh, okay. on the undercard of, uh, of Devin Haney. And um, and uh, uh, John Manu beat up Adrian Sosa. Um, so it's a, that the opening bouts, two undefeated guys that are going to go right at each other. So it's like a really, I, I think if you watch that card, look, I'm losing money on that card because Showbox pays shit, but, but it's, it's a great opportunity for young fighters. Gordon Hall does a great job putting fights together on Showbox. And if you saw the, their last Showbox where there was a light heavyweight, uh, no, a 68 pound main event, I think, um, uh, that was a great fight. Like you know, Gordon does a great job making great fights. He insists on good matchups, and the three fights that are on TV next Friday night, um, a week from this Friday, the seventeenth on Showbox, are all like 50-50 betting kind of fights. And Perfect. in my mind, if it's not a fifty-fifty kind of fight, I don't really care about watching. No matter who's fighting, I didn't care about watching when 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 Canelo fought Rocky Fielding. I I, I, I couldn't have cared. I knew who was going to win. I mean, to be honest, if Canelo fights John Ryder, you know, maybe it'll be a nice fight for people in the UK who like John Ryder and want to be able to go see Canelo. But I know who's going to win. I don't really care about the fight. To your point. I'd rather watch Showbox on the 17th where I don't know who's going to win the fights and I'm promoting. To to your point, the first card, and I was telling Chantel this, the first card I ever covered in person was Leo Santa Cruz, Carl Frampton at Barclays Center, the first one. That was your card. I love that card. I love it was, that card. It's still one of my yeah. favorites that I've been to. I, I want to I, I I be excited as a fan. And, and part yeah. of my problem right now is I know damn well that young Lou DiBella, if it was 2020, wouldn't be a boxing fan. Mm. I wouldn't be a boxing fan. There, there is no Muhammad Ali now for me to love. There is no watching the fights with my grandfathers and dad because no one really cares anymore. There are no casual fans anymore, so there are not parties. When was the last time you heard of people having a pay-per-view party? It's, you know? been, a it's, while. it's <laughs> been a minute, yeah. A very long time. No, it hasn't been a minute. It's been five years, maybe. <laughs> At least. Probably longer. Probably longer, honestly. Pro- probably. Longer. Pro- honestly, you know what? Now that you're making me think about it, probably Canelo Triple G, the first couple? Yeah. That would be like 2018 Yeah, yeah. Five years. Five years. Yeah, about. But even before then, like for casual fans, because I know a lot more casual fans and like diehard nerd fans, but I'd probably say the biggest one where, you know, my friends were even talking about it and they're not boxing fans was like Mayweather Pacquiao. And that was well after it was supposed to happen. Yeah, Yeah. So that was a fight where I thought like people that didn't even watch boxing were going to try to watch that fight. And so I I think that's something that Lou's trying to get at. I would have parties like HBO boxing would come on when I was in law school. I didn't work. I mean, this is like you're talking about five years, six years before I started at HBO when I was still in law school. Um, you know, I'd have like a hundred people coming up, uh, both, you know, to watch a big HBO fight and have a, have a keg party. 
because like right now no one gives a fuck like you think anyone's <laughs> getting together to watch a showtime fight no offense to showtime i'll be really upset I mean, all the stuff i'm reading lately that suggests that showtime maybe you know may 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 have maybe reconsidering what kind of programming they're going to do in the future they're changing the branding of showtime mm-hmm. showtime's going to be branded with paramount plus i pray that showtime stays in boxing you know yeah but i tend to think that there are a lot of the similar reasons why hbo got out of boxing may be on the mind of people that are running paramount plus and showtime i don't know i'm crossing my fingers that showtime stays in the business but you know i mean right now we're not giving television networks or fans or streaming services a shitload of reason to think that we're must-see programming no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And I miss HBO boxing. So that's another thing as well. And if Showtime would lose that, I think it would kind of hurt boxing fans everywhere. But me and Brian are one of those nerds that are definitely going to check out that card that you're putting on because we want to see the 50-50 fights as well. And we're well, look, glad that you're still about, doing that. The great thing about that card too is that it's three 50-50 fights. Uh, the majority of the fighters being televised have been on TV before. Yeah. Um, all of them have championship kind of potential eventually. Yeah. Um, and, and these are really meaningful fights for their career. And I don't know who's going to win the three fights that I'm promoting. And, yeah. and that's, in my mind, a, a good advertisement for the card. And, and I give show, Showtime and particularly Gordon Hall a lot of credit because, like, you know, it means the series means enough to young fighters that we continue to put our fighters at risk without profit. Mm-hmm. Now, the funny part is you never see these kinds of fights for this level of funding from the big PBCs or Eddie Hearns or Bob Arabs. Like they're not doing this level of fight, putting their fighters in for in in situations that are not particularly profitable to roll the dice for someone to win. But there is a place for this kind of series and it obviously still works. And the rest of us that don't have exclusive deals with streaming services are making these kind of fights. And people don't understand that the promoters are investing in the future. Any no promoter worth shit is making a dollar doing a showbox fight. They're doing it because it's a tremendous opportunity of exposure and an opportunity to be seen by Showtime subscribers and boxing fans. That's why they're doing it. And and the winner of these the winners of these three fights on February seventeenth on Showbox are going to graduate to another level. And unfortunately, the losers, if it's a great fight, it's not a huge, you know, they got seen on television. If they put up a great performance in losing, it's not a killer. But for a winner, it, it makes it worthwhile. And for a promoter, you do it because you need people to see your product. And right now, there isn't an open road for me to sell. Jalalov would be on TV every month if I, if I had an exclusive deal. And he's better than most of the guys you're seeing. And the guys at top rank would never put Jared in with Jalalov right now. And by the way, I love Jared. I think Jared's gonna be a star. But but yeah. But my point being, it's not any. There's not a, a a fair playing field in boxing. But to be honest with you, everybody can count their money and be happy with their exclusive deals. And the promoters that are sitting on top with their exclusive deals can beat their chest. But guess what? They're not gonna have their deals forever if the fucking sport isn't fixed. They're not yeah. gonna have those deals forever if more people don't start watching. They're not gonna have those deals forever. If if we can't build an audience that's bigger than it presently is, because no, everyone in this business, by the way, mo- the majority of people are full of shit. And whatever you think of me, I'm not. Like at least like you're hearing what I think, and I'm not sugarcoating anything. And yeah, I wouldn't say what I'm saying to be destructive. It's not meant that way, but it, it serves no interest for me to bullshit anybody. Right. And, uh, and and as as know, a New Yorker, I understand that. If you're in the New York area, I'm co-promoting a show. BoxingInsider.com has a promotional entity. Had the Hardy fight, right? It's Larry Goldberg is the principal's name. He's a good young guy. Yeah, well, not young guy. He's not young, but he's younger than me. Everybody's younger than me now. Well, most people are. Aram isn't. A lot of people in boxing are. But in the real world, most people are younger than me. Um, But Larry, Larry's putting on some really good club shows. Heather Hardy's going to be in the main event. Mm. That that card is the 23rd. It's a week after my show. It's Thursday night, the 23rd. It's at Sony Hall. Only holds about 600 people. But the last two shows there have been fucking sensational. Heather's in the main event in a competitive fight against a Mexican girl that just fought on the zone. Um, I have a prospect, the young kid from Mon- Mongolia, who's going to make his, pro, uh, his, his debut in the United States on that card. Um, there's a, It's a good, really good local boxing card. I'm co-promoting it with Boxing Insider and DBE. 
And um, if you call my office, we can help you. People that have bought Broadway boxing tickets for call my office. We'll help you get tickets. Go online on boxinginsider.com or their Twitter feed, and you can buy tickets. Heather Hardy's in the main event. That show is the 23rd. I can say that I, I can pump that because it's in New York, whereas my, my show box is in Topeka, Kansas. And I don't really know how many of your listeners or viewers are in Topeka, Kansas. But well, if you're in, if you're around Topeka, Kansas, hey, if you're around Topeka, yeah. Kansas, yeah. <laughs> you've got Showbox on Friday night and Bruce Springsteen's playing Saturday night in Topeka. There you go. So, well, well, Chantel's in Vancouver and I'm in Queens. So we oh, make nice this work. City. You know, nice so city. so so I, I'm I'm in, I'm I'm not far from Sony Hall. So I, I could make that trip if i could if, if it's possible so I, I would hope you'd buy a ticket but if not uh uh you know call it we can maybe credential you <laughs> so the 17th and 23rd definitely look out for those events once again thank you so much lou for joining us we'll definitely do it again and uh you know we, we won't mind if you dominate the conversation again because you dropped some gems <laughs> but make sure to follow at the mandatory tko and thanks so much for rocking with us and lou debella the, the next time i'm with you i promise i'm actually gonna let you ask some questions <laughs> we're gonna hold you to that we're gonna hold you to that but, but, but here's here's the thing and actually i've learned this from doing too a lot of just one last thing i'm saying that when yeah. i do these podcasts i talk to people and they ask questions the question is always like how do you fix this how do you fix that i've been doing this for 33 years if i had the answer is boxing be in better shape now than it was previously honestly i have to say when i was sort of when ring magazine called me the czar of boxing and the new york times called me the most powerful person in the sport uh, at the time, I was working with Seth Abraham for Seth Abraham. He was my boss. He just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. But when we were sort of running HBO, uh, he was he was my boss. But when we were running boxing, and I was the boxing czar, quote unquote, at HBO, I think the sport was in better shape back then. The, your infrequency of fighting is resulting in you being less important. Maybe if you fought that four times for less money, you would have a ten million dollar fight eventually, right? But 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 right now there's. There's a lot of greed, there's a lot of hubris, and there's a lot of stupidity dominating the sport. And we're not, as a result, putting our best foot forward. And I'll leave you on that one. And thank you for having me. Thanks so much, Lou. We appreciate you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.